This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 4, Honest Lee. Hear ye, hear ye, peasants, noblemen, boys and girls, come gather. If ye have ears that hear and a heart that seeks truth, hearken to my words. For I have come before thee by order of King Gabaline to pronounce a tale of tales, nay, a warning to all, a story of truth that will serve ye well. Silence yourselves, that means you. A single peep and the doomsdayers' dungeons be thy fate. 
"'Twas only a few generations ago, here in the kingdom of truth, that our ancestors suffered from a miserable plague, a plague of lies. Lies, lies, lies flew about the village like fleas, infecting both old and young. Man lied to woman, woman lied to child, child lied to friend, friend lied to neighbor, and the whole kingdom fell into a darkness of deception. No one knew what was what, for everything that was said was a lie. They lied about their ages, their money, and their abilities. They lied in their dealings and lied about their feelings. The lies had consumed the kingdom until it caused wars and contention throughout all the land. The very village you stand in was on the brink of ruin. That is, until our late King Bonifer the Wise sent out a decree that all would gather for honest tea. An annual honest tea party has since been held to remind us all of the lies that nearly destroyed us. So over a cup of tea we laugh and rejoice in truth and tell nothing but the truth. As many of your mothers have no doubt told you, there was one among us who stood as a beacon of truth, a peasant man who went by the name of Lee, but the people all called him Honest Lee, for he stood for all that was honest in the world, and never, not ever, did he speak a word untrue. Honest Lee did not like honest tea, because he felt that it was only at that gathering that people spoke truth, and that thereafter the lies would continue. This upset Lee greatly, so he made it his mission to sing songs about the truth everywhere he went. With his big curly hair and his four-stringed banjo, Lee made sure everyone knew what was what. At the very first honest tea party, the celebration was one of legends. Flowers of every color lined the tops of the kingdom's stone walls and winded up the turrets of the castle. The finest tea from the north and the east was wheeled in through the gates and poured into a wide pond. One by one, the villagers came with their homemade goblets and scooped themselves a cup of rich herbal drink and sang and danced. And when the old church bell rang, they came together and exchanged a giant sunflower, and on each of its petals they wrote something they knew to be true, that love conquers all, that family is most important, that the sun brings warmth, and that a god watches over them from above. During this celebration, Honest Lee went about telling the truth, even if it wasn't exactly what someone wanted to hear. How are you? They asked him. Not so well, he replied. What do you think of the festival? They'd ask. I think it's a lousy excuse to be honest one day out of the year, he'd say. And so Lee went about telling the truth, until the last bell rang and the last sunflower was shared. Then out from the castle doors came Princess Lilyhawk, the fair daughter of King Gabaline. Her beauty put all the flowers of the kingdom to shame, and nearly made their petals wilt before her. She walked gracefully down the steps in her pink and white gown until she stood before her people. She spotted the banjo in Lee's hand, and in a burst of merriment she said, You there, song-bearer, play me a tune of truth. 
Lee bowed low before her and then played a beautiful lyric for the princess. Truth will save you, truth will guide, truth will bless and never divide. When lies upon lies creep in and stain, in darkness and loneliness you'll remain. For truth will save you, truth will guide, truth bless all and in truth confide. Lovely, said the princess. Has truth saved you? she asked. Always and forever, your majesty, he replied. Good. Then I wish ye to take your saving song of truth to my cousin Isabel, who resides in the cloudy kingdom to the west. Surely you've heard of it? Had he heard of it? No, he hadn't. In fact, he'd never gone so far as the kingdom's outer farmlands. Honest Lee felt something stir within his heart. A skirmish of emotions tumbled through him before he could respond. Lee wanted nothing more than to please the princess, perhaps even win her favor, though the long shot that it was. So, for the very first time in Honest Lee's life, he told a lie. Of course I know of it, he said when in truth he knew nothing of it. Good, replied the princess. Then go and save her with your truth, for she is now at this very moment sad and in need of a saving song. My blessings be with you, honest Lee. And so Lee climbed atop his noble steed, an old llama named Weed, and left the village on his quest, knowing not where to go or where to begin. For if he'd asked a villager for directions, they'd surely know of his lie, and spread it through the village, and lo, his spotless reputation would come to a bitter end. Therefore, using only the direction west given by the princess, he set off into the forest, hoping he'd come across the cloudy kingdom at the end of his trail. But not long into his journey, he was stopped by a call for help. "'Please, good sir, could you spare but a moment?' came a voice near the creek. There stood an elvish woman, dressed in green shimmering armor, her light blue hair pulled back behind her long pointy ears. My precious unicorn is stuck, and I could use another pair of strong hands. <coughs> the elf pulled at the reins of a beautiful unicorn that was stuck chest-deep in mud. Lee's stomach squirmed as he nervously watched its pearly, twisted horn jutting up into the air as it tried to free itself. The only thing Lee feared more than a unicorn was an elvish warrior riding one. Scared to take another step closer... Not so honestly, closed his eyes and felt around the air as if feeling for where the voice had come from. Forgive me, my lady, he said, for I am but a poor wandering blind man, and as you can see I cannot help you in your magical steed. The elvish warrior frowned. But if you should come hither and help me, I can help you find your way, she insisted. "'So sorry, you wouldn't bother a poor sightless man, would you?' Lee said pitifully. He fumbled for his llama's reins and gave them a good flick. Staying in character as to not be discovered, he held his eyes closed and ushered his llama forward. The poor elf and unicorn, left to fend for themselves, 
watched as the pretending man steered his llama right off of a cliff. Ah! Lee screamed as he and his llama plummeted hundreds of feet, getting whacked here and there by branches and passing birds, until they landed with a loud splash in the river below. Along the forceful rapids they went, splashing between rocks and trying to keep their heads above water. It wasn't long before they were carried to a peaceful riverbed, a sandy bank at the foot of a grassy hill dusted with snow. Banged up and bruised, Lee climbed out of the river and pulled his llama to safety. At the top of the cold icy hill there stood a tropical village, huts made of bamboo and roofs strung together from palm leaves. Tall torches lined its sandy streets, but instead of flames they bore long icicles. Lee rode up the hill into the village where a man wearing a leaf skirt and a flowered necklace came to greet him. The man didn't look happy. He shivered and rubbed his arms as he spoke. Who goes there? For what purpose come ye to Sunnyville? asked the man through chattering teeth. Honest Lee looked over the frozen village. Sunnyville? That's right, said the man. That's what we named this place before we knew what a frozen wasteland it was. Say, he looked Lee over. You're not from the kingdom of truth, are ye? Lee stepped back. Why do you ask? Because it was you liars who sold us this patch of earth years ago and told us it was the warmest, sunniest stretch in the valley. Of course, as I'm sure you know, it didn't take long for us to find out after our first short summer that we had colonized the coldest, darkest, windiest land this side of the snowy mountain. Lee laughed nervously and then said uneasily, Oh, the kingdom of truth. I thought you said the kingdom of Ruth. I know nothing of the kingdom of truth. Rotten creatures hail from there, I hear. No, I'm from Nightingale, just south of the kingdom of Ruth. He lied. The man's eyes went round. Nightingale, you say? Born and raised. The man clapped his cold hands together and shouted for all to gather. A knight! A knight! We have ourselves a knight in the flesh! Surprised mumbling sounded from the approaching villagers. Lee forgot that anyone who was born and raised in Nightingale was trained as a knight in arms. He grew unsettled as the people gathered around him. A knight has come to save us, the man announced to the crowd. Will you take our finest men over the pass to defeat the dragon? Lee nearly fell off his llama, and his llama nearly fell off its feet, and the earth beneath them nearly fell back into the river. D-dragon, you say? A real wretcher he is, said the man. A fire-breathing stink-tail. It's guarded our way out of this place since our fields froze over. But now that you're here, by golly, a knight, we're saved. Get this man our finest armor. Pretty soon, Honest Lee was covered head to toe in heavy armor that had been prepared long ago for the much larger hero they'd been expecting. Lee clumsily put on the clunky armor and followed the two men who were assigned to him into the pass. As they journeyed to the dragon, Lee tried desperately to find a way out of the quest. He tried to say he saw smoke on the horizon and was needed immediately elsewhere. But the men in his company assured him it was just a neighboring village's nightly bonfire. 
He tried to say he needed to hunt for more food, but they pulled out packs upon packs of extra provisions. When he tried to say he was on a strict diet of moose owl, a creature he thought he'd made up, one of them pulled out of his bag a feathered bird with two fuzzy antlers. It was hopeless. Out of lies and excuses, Lee continued on their journey. Just before they reached the mountain summit near the blocked pass in the dragon's lair, Lee looked out and saw a glimmering castle surrounded by clouds. The cloudy kingdom! He nearly sprang from his llama at the sight of it. Full of joy, Lee spouted out the first lie he could think of in order to get away from the men. I have to go relieve myself, he told them. The men looked at each other. Neither dared press him for more details, so to Lee's surprise, they let him go. As soon as he was hidden behind a berry bush, he snuck away, following a narrow trail down the mountain to the foot of the cloudy kingdom. Lee rode as fast as he could over the bridge and through the gate into the village. Wispy clouds hid most of the stone houses and inns along the cobblestone road, making it difficult for him to find his way to the castle. After several wrong turns, he finally found himself at the steps of the main tower. Exhausted from the ridiculous journey, Lee had practically forgotten the reason he'd come there. Luckily, as he gave the tall arched door a knock, he remembered. That's right, he said, pulling his banjo from his back. The door opened and there stood a beautiful princess, wearing a grey dress and a sparkling crown lined with black jewels. She looked sad and tired, like nothing but poor tidings had been brought to her all her days. "'Lady Isabel?' Lee inquired. "'I am she. Who art thou?' Lee paused. A feeling of guilt swept over him. It overshadowed any feeling of accomplishment or joy of nearly completing his original quest. He felt terrible for all the lies he'd told— he thought about how much easier and less perilous his journey might have been had he simply told the truth to begin with. Realizing his folly, he looked up at the princess with humble eyes. Then he spoke, only this time it was from the heart, for what he was about to say was the truth, and the truth flowed easier off Lee's tongue than all the twisted words and lies he'd spoken up until that moment. Princess Isabel... I am Honest Lee of the Kingdom of Truth. I have been sent to you by your cousin, Her Majesty, the Princess Lilyhawk, to bear you up during your time of trial. I wish you all the happiness in the world. And then he began to sing his saving song of truth. He sang about lying to Princess Lilyhawk, and to the elf, and to the people of Sunnyville, and to the men that quested with him. He sang about the pain he'd caused himself and no doubt those he'd lied to. He sang and sang, and the words rang true. But as soon as he reached his final round of the chorus, shouts sounded behind him. Lee, you did it! You found it! said a man. Lee turned to see his partners from Sunnyville, whom he'd escaped, come running up to the castle. Lee lowered his banjo and tilted his head. Found what? Just then, a bellowing roar shook the castle walls, and a loud thump, thump, whoosh sounded above them. (laughs) 
The air grew hot and stank as a hideous creature eclipsed the noonday sun. With every flap of its enormous wings, a gust of wind nearly blew them off their feet. Its long, sharp talons landed on the stone wall around them and clung to it. There, looking down at them, was a dragon, an adult stink tail covered in moldy black and green scales. Smoke seeped out between its razor-sharp teeth and its flaring nostrils. The beast roared again, sending the village people into a frenzy. The men of Sunnyville looked to Honest Lee expectantly. Lee, in his clumsy knight's armor and holding his banjo, hesitated and then calmly and coolly walked up to the giant monster. With confidence, he said, Hail, dragon of the North Pass! I am Honest Lee, and I come to... A pillar of blinding fire burst from the dragon's gaping mouth. Molten ashen sparks spewed out around the fire's blaze. Once the fiery breath was quenched, all that was left in Lee's place was a cloud of dust. He was gone. Poof! The villagers stood silent in disbelief. The men of Sunnyville held their hats to their hearts in solemn salute. He was gone forever, turned to dust as a culmination of his journey's lies that had finally caught up with him and sent him off with one final consequence. The dragon looked up at its next victim, Princess Isabel. But as it took its first thunderous step towards her, it stopped. The little poof of dust that remained of Honest Lee started to stir. Little swirls formed until the whole cloud was spinning. Then, when the little tornado had settled, there was Honest Lee standing proudly before him. It was as he'd always sang. The truth will save you. Another breath of fire and poof! Lee was dust again. The crowd groaned. But then the dust swirled and swirled and then... He was back! The people cheered. The dragon's eyes flared. Poof! Swish! Hello! Lee said, reappearing again. Poof! Swish! Poof! Swish! Again and again it continued, until finally the dragon coughed deeply and the smoke and sparks sputtered on its breath. Exhausted and confused, the creature shook its mean head and flew off in defeat, never again to torment the Cloudy Kingdom or block the North Pass. The clouds from the Cloudy Kingdom lifted and the people celebrated. After several therapy sessions, Princess Isabel was back to her normal self, happy as can be. The people of Sunnyville left in a mass exodus up the North Pass and settled a sunny little valley on the other side of the mountain, naming it Winterton, just in case. Honest Lee rode his llama weed back into the forest and found the elf and her unicorn and not only helped them out of the mud, but helped them build a tree hut to live in. In return, the elvish warrior bestowed a magical blessing upon him, 
that he may live forever, so long as he spoke truth. So hear ye, hear ye, my people, noblemen and peasants, boys and girls of the kingdom of truth, if you are still listening to my tale. Truth always prevaileth. Lies and deceit bring only darkness and sadness. I no longer speak on behalf of His Majesty King Gabaline, but I speak for myself, Honest Lee. For the only reason I stand before you generations later is because of what I've learned of truth, which is that truth will save you. And with that, I'll play my banjo for you all and sing you a song to remember. Truth will save you, truth will guide, truth will bless and never divide. When lies upon lies creep in and stain, in darkness and loneliness you'll remain. For truth will save you, truth will guide, Truth bless all and in truth confide. You've been listening to Life a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. This is your host, Greg Webb. Remember, boys and girls, be honest and always tell the truth, even if it's sometimes hard to do. The consequence of telling the truth when you've done something wrong is usually smaller than the consequence that comes from doing wrong and then lying about it. Taking ownership of your words and actions builds integrity. So always, always be honest. Thank you all for listening and join us next week for an all-new episode.